Dearly beloved, we are gathered here in the... Thanks. Oh! Oh! Oh, the naughty ones. Do let me see. Certainly not. You filthy beast. Be off with you before I call the police. I Hello there, welcome to the podcast, Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese, 178, it's a birthday edition today, my birthday is in a couple of days, so I'm going to indulge you, very much indulge you, we're going to be diving headfirst into lots of nonsense and lots of stuff just for me. No, it's marvellous to be here. Thank you very much for joining me. Now, you must tune in uh, to the old episode, the April Fool's edition of the podcast. It's rather strange. It's rather odd. It's rather weird. But I think you'll enjoy it. Oh, I just had a sip of tea with sour milk. Oh, my God. Oh, no. Oh, sour milk. Oh, no. Oh, no. You naughty little dairy dairy addition to my tea. How dare you put that into my tea? What are you blowing out of? Oh, gosh. I can't get the taste out of my mouth. It is awful. It is... <laughs> I've tried mouthwash. I've cleaned my teeth, but i still got the taste of sour milk. And I've really offended the tea gods by adding sour milk to a beautiful cup of PG Tips this morning. I can't believe I've done it. Welcome to the Sunday service edition. I had a few of these Sunday editions of the podcast recently. Oh, I'm feeling very old. Just about to hit 45. So not a dash over 21, I tell us. Uh, but yes. <laughs> and I've, can, I, can I say this? Oh, I sound terribly not rock and roll. I've got a little bit of a dastardly hangover today. I had two strawberry frozen margaritas. Oh my God, they're absolutely divine. Ah, ah, they were divine. They're amazing. Haven't had one in years. God, I haven't had one in years, my dears. But it was, it, it was, it was fabulous. But I, I'm a little bit groggy today. You know, not the hangovers, not the hangover when I had 15 pints of Guinness when I was 15 years old. Now you try 15 pints of Guinness and see if you're rocking and rolling the next day. I mean, I remember walking back, I think along the middle of the road, my, my neighbor, Nobby, told my father that I was walking along the middle of the road. Yes, he told him, he told him. He told him I was walking along the middle of the road. And I mean, I didn't know uh, my ass from my elbow, basically at that point in time. I mean, I got into bed and the digital clock was spinning around. I mean, I think it said 2.30. But it looked like 32. I mean, it was like, it was ridiculous. I mean, that's the whole thing. It was that, that's the worst ever. If you're ever, if you're ever inebriated, if you're inebriated and christened on Guinness, which some people are, I mean, if Guinness is your first drink and I drank it until I realized that it's like four or five meals in one. That's what it is. It's four or five meals. There's so much nutrients and iron in, um, in Guinness. But it's really, uh, yeah, you can't have, I mean, 15 of them. That's like a week's worth of calories right there. But yeah, so how the mighty have fallen. Two icy drinks with probably not very much tequila and floored your man. And then I got back and I popped into my closet and 
there was the marijuana smell again. I mean, how my life has changed. Getting back at six o'clock. <laughs> I mean, six o'clock. I think I need to go to bed. I need to go to sleep. And then the marijuana smell. It really is like Polonius looking around the arras at my former life and thinking, there you go. Two drinks and you're flawed. And then there's somebody next door smoking marijuana. Um, I mean, for God's sake, I mean, it's, 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 it's making the herringbone smell of, uh, of the local Colorado ganja. That's what it is. I mean, my beautiful striped white shirts now smell like stale marijuana this morning. Well, somebody's having a lot of fun. And I, and I had a tremendous amount of fun yesterday. But, you know, it, it's, it, fun is different when you get to 45. It's just a little bit different, isn't it? Like getting up in the morning not having a back pain or your toe joints hurting or something on that. That's a win, isn't it, really? But, uh, you know, I still did my three miles this morning. I'll go out and have a lovely cup of tea. And, oh, dear, the milk was indeed sour. Awful. Well, we're going to have lots of frolics and dalliances today here on the podcast. And I hope you're going to join me along the way for the whole show. If I can get this taste of sour, sour milk out of my mouth. I mean, the whole thing. Sour milk and a groggy head. Oh, I'm like a delicate wallflower, aren't I? So, on the audio, don't worry. If you're listening to the audio version today, no worries, matey. No worries. If you're listening to that. But if you're listening to the Music Emporium edition, that's where you basically hear music. My picks between the nonsensical sonnets, the rhyming couplets of rudery. Uh, then you um, then you can hear like music between. But today, I'm just picking all of my favourites. I mean, normally I pick a lot of my favourites, but some new songs, introduce everybody to new music. But on the Musical Butler Emporium Edition on Spotify, is basically going to be all of my favourite songs. I mean, not all of them, because I have many, 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 many years of, many years of, many years of listening to beautiful music. If music be the food of love, then... I dare say, play on. So even the brilliant ladies England cricket team succumb to the bad luck, the curse. Something like the curse of the Macbeth or the curse of the goat with the Chicago Cubs or the curse of the Bambino with the Red Sox. It seems like English cricket, whether it's female, men, whoever's playing. I mean, these girls were brilliant to get. They lost their first three matches in the Women's World Cup. And then it got to the final and they were completely bludgeoned by the Aussie ladies who really, I mean, I'm just, they didn't play out of their skins. They're just a phenomenal team. They're like the sort of Lakers. Look at me using a basketball, like I said baseball, a basketball quote. They were like the Lakers under Michael Jordan. I don't, I didn't even know about the Lakers under Michael Jordan, but anyway. Yeah, so, or maybe the curse of me watching them, who knows. But there was the April Fool's edition of the podcast uh, that uh, broadcast and was published on Friday. And, uh, yeah, there was a very rude joke. I told one part of the joke at the beginning of the show and the other part of the joke at the end of the show. Was it the end of the show in the beginning? I, I just, I really can't remember now. But tune into that. Like and subscribe if you would like, if it, if it be your pleasure 
If it be your pleasure, my lord, to like and subscribe, then please do. Um, today on the podcast, we're going to fit in a lot of things. It's going to be a little bit self-indulgent. This is my birthday in a couple of days here. So um, I did mention this the other day, but uh, now all, get, all guest hosts at the Oscars uh, basically mention their therapist now. Also, Timothy Chamelet went uh, uh, shirtless at the Oscars as well. Uh, I've got a new type of toasty for you. Make sure when you're using germaline cream, this is the cream that's a sort of some expectorant. It's a, I mean, it cures all ills basically, but make sure you label. You have two, you know, one for the bottom and one for other areas and you sort of label. Well, we're talking about that. Vicks Vapor Rub. Yes, my, I always, I always love talking about Vicks Vapor Rub. One of my favorite things as well. And you use it all year round, basically. My suggested articles, uh, also how I protected my bouffant the other day. I saw some very odd shoes at the barber, and I, I've never seen anything like it, and uh, we'll be talking about that as well. Um, also, British-accented uh, Peloton instructors, and also a new idea uh, for uh, Uber as well. Uh, we will be having some trombone. Yes, we'll have some trumple trombone. We may be talking about Dyson's bizarre, bizarre new headphones. Uh, we will, may have some rape my plate as well. We may have some very British problems on uh, on Twitter. Very British problems official. But we have a incredibly fun pack, thrill pack show for you today, interspersed with some of my favourite records. Is there anything better than pretty awful shitty? Uh, Mexican food and some frozen margarite as well. If you're a delicate 45-year-old, yes, there is. And Mutant Crisp has been discovered by a dad who plans to auction his find-off for charity. Michael Landford thought he was dreaming when he pulled out the massive snack this week. The peckish 44-year-old has been craving a midnight snack and reached for cheese and onion bag at snack right crisps he brought at Aldi. But one crisp unearthed from the packet just kept going and going and going and going. Everybody's dream, isn't it? Michael told the son. I remember the packet feeling particularly bulgy. <laughs> it's like a first date, isn't it? Um, I put my hand in the bag and clasped onto the first crisp I could find. It was the first one to come out and it kept going and going and going. The crisp's final measurement had been firmed to be a respectable six inches. I mean, is he carrying out a measuring tape? How did he determine this crisp was six inches? I couldn't believe my eyes. We've got something unbelievable here, a mutant crisp. Michael, an online shopper at Paul, has decided to hang on to the crisp rather than satisfy his hunger. It has been kept a place ahead of the Michael's plans to auction it off to give proceeds to the Ukrainian refugees. It's a successful year for the larger-than-usual potato-based foods. Back in August, the 26-year-old Sam Lightfoot was lucky to find a four-incher. The crisp was eight times the usual length and was just big enough to fit into the packet. Proud Sam said to keep it forever and hand it down through the family. I mean, do you have to, like, taxiderma crisp? How do you protect it? Do you have to mummify it? Do you wrap it in sort of swaddling clothes? Not put it in a manger. Well, you might need a manger to hold this particular crisp, though. It would be uh, uh, absolutely phenomenal. There were some huge uh, tortilla chips, or as I like to say, tortilla chips, um, at the uh, Mexican restaurant. I mean, the biggest chips you'd ever like to see. I mean, I think some of these were probably probably six inches. 
not not sure, but very, very big. And that's the whole thing. If you've got basically a ping pong bat to uh, scoop up any sort of salsa or queso, anything like that, that's what you need for a rather decadent life. So I watched the Oscars last week, everybody. I mean, yeah, the whole Will Smith thing. Yeah, the whole Will Smith thing, the whole Chris Rock thing. We're not going to talk about that particularly. Uh, although there was an interesting article. I may slip it into the podcast today. But one of the hosts, though, I mean, normally, like, when you get Miss World or the Oscars, everybody wants to thank their families, and they want to thank their teachers, and they want to thank the person they lost their virginity to, all of that. But this, this particular uh, Oscar host said, Oh, my God, this is such an honor. It's such an honor. And I want to thank my therapist. So now we're going about thanking our therapists. I hope my therapist is watching. I mean, I mean, I guess I hope the therapist is watching because they may have to delve into some of the weirdness that went on the Oscars. I mean, if you, if you need a therapist watching, then the last edition of the Oscars is probably the one you want the therapist to be watching because a lot of people probably need therapy after watching it. So little Timmy Chamelet. Chamelet. Is it Chamelet or Chamelet? Little Timmy Chamelet. He's very good in that Woody Allen movie. If you haven't seen it, it's I, I can't remember the name of it now, but look it up. Tim Chamelet and uh, and Woody Allen. If you're still watching Woody Allen movies, um, but it, it's a magnificent film, and he's actually pretty good in it. So I don't know very much about this chap. I mean, it's something something for the Gen Zs, I would imagine. But he turned up the Oscars in a tuxedo jacket and no shirt on. I mean. Uh, Good for him. Bold decision. Well, he had a little he had a little necklace on. I don't know if it was a crucifix. Maybe it was. Should have been a crucifix. That would have been very rock and roll, wouldn't it? That'd be very Brandon Lee from the Crow. Um, but uh, so yeah, he had a completely shaved chest, six pack. I mean, everybody's saying, "Well, what a very very bold decision it was to go shirtless with the tuxedo." I mean, the thing is though. Okay, it's all right, Tim Chamelet. I mean, perfectly shaved chest. I mean, if you if you turned up though, like a seventies porn star with big old rug hanging out, big belly hanging out. I mean, like me turning up. I mean, most of my jackets, and I think certainly the tuxedo jacket would not fit around the paunch now. So you turn up at the Oscars with. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it doesn't matter how... I mean, maybe a selection of gold medallions as well, with the paunch hanging out, going shirtless, then I don't think people would be saying on the red carpet sort of discussions, well, Chappie really did make a very, very bold decision. It's like, oh my God, it was a bold decision. Chappie, what have you done? So it's basically me with a 1970s tuxedo jacket. Now, I didn't put the ruffle shirt on, but I've gone shirtless, belly hanging out, chest hair looking magnificent, like a, like a vibrant spring bush. And, uh, and I don't think they'd be saying it's a bold decision because then other people will be turning up. I mean, there's certain people who really don't want to see shirtless at an awards ceremony. But anyway, if I did turn up, though, at an awards ceremony, I mean, that might be the talk of the town. Somebody being slapped in the face might be lower on the order of news. It may not be so newsworthy. 
But I don't think they would be saying, oh my god, that's the boldest decision ever to go shirtless. I think I'd better keep on the ruffle shirt. Do you have problems with shrinkage? Yeah, it's a real problem, and not just because I'm a 45-year-old man now. The problem that I have is all of my shirts start shrinking. I bought a couple of t-shirts here, and, uh, and now they're like the uh, Britney Spears tummy tops. They're just showing off the tummy. What's happening here? Shirts never used to. Now I have to get like shirts that are too big for my uh, for the paunch. I mean, okay, I'm a slightly bigger fellow, but I don't need I, I I don't need something that's basically looks like one of Richard Branson's balloons on me. I just need the length. The length is what I need, darlings, because I've got a long back. And that's the problem, you see. If you put this in, if you put a cotton t-shirt in, it shrinks. Then you've got the whole belly thing going on. And I feel like I need like a diamond stud in my belly button to act, you know, to basically punctuate the whole outfit then at that point. And nobody wants to see it. I mean, it's like to me turning up at the Oscars shirtless with a, you know, big sort of uh, delicious, you know, delicious diamond right in the belly button. It really wouldn't go down very well, but everything's shrinking. I don't think I can buy cotton anymore. And I love cotton, but the shrinking is not is not doing me any favours at the moment. Because I don't know if I want to tuck the t-shirt into the trousers with the belt. I mean, is that a look anymore? I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm seeing my daughter, she turned up with like ripped jeans. I mean, not talking about ripped jeans. Her whole knee was coming, her whole leg. She could basically pull a leg through the hole in the jeans and have the bell-bottom piece hanging down her calf at the back if she wanted to. I bet I guess it's dual purpose. You can have it ripped in the winter, a little bit of air flowing up the trouser leg. But, I mean, to be honest, it sounds quite nice. But then you, then, you, then you can stick your leg through the hole and then make it into a pair of shorts as well. I mean, it's not as bad as those zip shorts you can get. Like, you have the cargo trousers and you zip that. Now, that really is a one of the worst fashion faux pas ever. And what is it with men? All of a sudden, the, the temperature's above 50 degrees and they're wearing shorts. Well, to be honest, they're wearing shorts all through the winter as well. I don't think people want to see your pegs, mate. No, they don't. But how, what do you do? how do you do it? Do you... Do you when you're washing a cotton t-shirt, I mean, I put it on a very low heat. I guess it's when it's drying though, that's a problem. I need a clothesline in Chappie Towers. I just need somebody handy to erect a clothesline in Chappie Towers for me. People think watches are huge now, but did you ever have one of those Casio watches with the calculator? And apparently I learned today you could, the Casio watch with a calculator, but one that could do equations as well. So it wasn't just simple arithmetic. You could do, get one with do, but it was huge on your wrist. They say about the Apple watch being too big or a Swiss watch being too big. But these things basically looked like a huge rectangular monstrosity on your wrist. I mean, it would be basically if you take like the uh, iPad box that it comes in and put it on your wrist that was really what the casio uh, calculator watch looked like and it was a devil to set up and it was never waterproof you always wanted it waterproof to 50 meters 
because you saw Roger Moore with his um, with his Seiko on, similar but a little bit more classy than Cassia. His Seiko though, diving in, dressed as a crocodile, and he'd come out out of the crocodile in the lake at Udapur in Octopussy, and the watch wouldn't have any water in it. You wanted that watch, but it really wasn't waterproof. That's the problem. I've always wanted a waterproof watch, but the Casio one. Now, how many of you guys took the Casio watch into your mathematics exam? Got away with it. I might have done better at mathematics if I'd been able to take the Casio in. But the whole thing is, you've got a big old bouffant of curly hair, and then you have a huge Casio watch on your wrist, then you're basically signaling, yeah, this guy's trouble, and you need to watch him. And you need to take his watch off until the end of the exam. I mean, all the kids that get pissed off when they they can't take their phones into the exam, their smartphones. I mean, people that take their watches off. You couldn't even tell the time. You just have to re- rely on the invigilator to tell you, now pick up your pens now. And then please put down your pens, the exam's over. And then half of the exam is still complete because you did not have your cashier watch to help you with the mathematics. Okay, so rate my plate. Rate my plate now on Twitter if you want to look at this. Homemade chicken curry with naan bread by Doreen B. Doreen B's chicken curry. It basically looks like a dog's chundered on the plate, almost perfectly circular, and with two naan bread Mickey Mouses. That's basically what it looks like here. And this is some of the replies. This looks like the fish and chips that my lad threw up in the sink last night. He's only 12, he was sick, then played with the Xbox for a few hours, telling him, Dad, I've been a bit sick in the sink. Okay, then this chicken curry looked like it'd been made by somebody's vest. Presentation fail. When you're running down the lane and you feel a funny pain, diarrhea, diarrhea. When you're climbing up a tree and it runs down your knee, diarrhea, diarrhea. I thought I'd make this look a little bit prettier, and then somebody's made it look like Fuzzy Bear. The rice should be kept separate not mixed together what are you doing here looks like the naan didn't like the curry it always looks like it's been through somebody's human digestive system bless you doreen i appreciate your dedication in putting back on the plate after you dropped it so i want to introduce the rest of the world to germaline yes germaline is one of the most magnificent ointments you can ever have if you have betty swallocks If everything's a little bit sore, if you have a sore nose, if your cuticles have been ripped off, if you've got a little cut on the finger from a paper cut, if you've got an ingrown toenail, you've clipped your nails too short. Basically, this is an antiseptic. It numbs everything. It has a glorious smell to it as well. Have you ever smelt like a creosote shed? Well, that's wonderful, but also the smell of germaline. And I don't think, I think you can get it on uh, Amazon in the US. Uh, but it cures all ills. But the thing is, though, you really need a germaline uh, tube, uh, one for the uh, above the belt area, and then one for the below the belt area. And you have to make sure you mark with uh, some sort of indelible pen or Sharpie or something which one it is. I would mark on the germaline for above the belt with a big T for top of the body. And then I would mark... Uh, below the belt with a big B for the bottom of the body. Never the twain should meet. You should never allow the two tubes or to get confused in the middle of the night, make sure you turn the light on and you, if you have a sore lip or 
I don't know, you've cut your nose again while shaving that's happened again for the 15th time this week. Then you need to get the tea tube. Don't scrummage around in the dark and accidentally uh, decide you've got a cut on your lip and you put a dollop of the bee tube on. Two very British uh, problems official here. Um, you've got basically two Brits having a thorough chat about the weekend. Up to much this weekend. Nah. And then you've got two types of people. Uh, the one, I won't order anything. I'm not really that hungry. I'll just have some of your chips, people. And number two, the people who get all their chips stolen. And then another tweet about roast potatoes. Yes, you can never have too many. And uh, very British problems official. Uh, a Brit talking, I might join you later. Translation, you have more chance of seeing Elvis riding a unicorn today than you have of seeing me. If you're a young lady who grew up, uh, was maybe 18, 20 in the 1990s, then you have an affinity for Colin Firth's wet shirt. And now it goes on display at Jane Austen's house. I mean, the girls I knew at university would swoon and watch Pride and Prejudice for hours and hours and hours. For a generation of British women, getting close to Colin Firth's wet shirt was the stuff of dreams. Now they had the chance, although it may have long since dried, to make do with the mannequin, the shirt worn by Firth in Pride and Prejudice, which established him as a heartthrob and helped launch his Hollywood career, is going on display at the Jane Austen House Museum in Chawton, Hampshire. Guests are able to peek with great respectability at the undergarments uh, of the Austen's time. The steamy moment when Mr. Darcy emerges in a sodden white shirt and bumps into the flustered Elizabeth Bennet in the grounds of Pemberley has been voted the most memorable moment in British TV drama since the BBC adaptation was broadcast in 1995. The shirt has been mostly in the hands of a professional costume company, although a lot of women would like to have got their hands on it. I think people will be excited to see it in the flesh. Maybe maybe Mr. Firth and the Buff as well. The 30-something women, I'm excited, I have to say, most women of my generation seem to be Pride and Prejudice fans. The BBC version really has covered at a whole generation especially long women to Jane Austen it is the way I came to her I was 11 when it came out I hadn't really heard of her but I watched it and it was a light bulb moment I heard this story and many of my friends were absolutely hooked Austen lived and wrote at the cottage for eight years and I thought she reworked the characters of Mr. Darcy and Miss Bennett whilst living there. The wet shirt scene was dreamt up by Andrew Davis who adapted the story for the BBC. In 2013, poll commissioned to mark the launch of the new UK TV channel drama named the scene as the most memorable British TV drama moment. Firth has been famously grumpy about it saying, looking good and strutting around in the role. The role did help him land the part of Mr. Darcy, Mark Darcy though, in the Bridget Jones family, uh, films, a modern take on Pride and Prejudice. The exhibition features other famous costumes, cost props such as Mrs. Bennett's petticoat, famously drenched six inches in mud, worn by the actress Jennifer L. Visitors can see Emma Woodhouse's stays akin a corset, a letter Austen wrote during her Christ last Christmas sold for £75,000 this week after being rediscovered in an envelope. The author was caring for her ailing mother and wrote to her niece, Anna Lefroy, in December 1816 to thank her for sending them a turkey, adding, high-mindedness is almost more than she can bear. So anyway, I'm just wondering, maybe I should start auctioning some of my shirts, but I've noticed 
that I have a very, very sweaty patch of hair just below the heart. Maybe I have a sweaty heart, I don't know. But it seems to stain all of my white or striped shirts. So anybody who um, basically basically collects my shirts and says I'm a state sale when I'm long gone will see these shirts with this like heart-shaped stain in the middle there that only people with marvelous eyesight can see. I can't even see it. My love can see it. I hold it up to the light. I, well, I can't see it. I need like a microscope to see this. But apparently there's a dark stain. So I have maybe I think my heart is leaking a little bit of oil and that's what's staining the shirt. OK, so maybe we're finished with the cold season. I know that uh, I know that COVID's rampaging around Europe again very, very sadly. So be out there. Be safe. Uh, don't just I mean, you know, wear the special mask that basically looks like a cone that goes over your nose. Uh, that's great. And then you can put a pair of knickers on top of that if you want, if you want to make it look pretty. Yes, remember that. So anyway, if you're having congestion problems and, uh, you know, every, a lot of people are with flu, COVID still around, but also allergies as well. I highly recommend rubbing a dollop of Vicks Vapor Rub all over your feet. And then a thick pair of socks will do you wonders. I mean, I had a cold. I thought, oh, my God, it's coming. Things are coming back again here. And I basically, you know, completely in the buff, but with a pair of socks on, coated my feet in Vicks Vapor Rub. And the next day I felt amazing. This stuff is so powerful. I'm, I'm prone to the chesty cold, but the Vicks Vapor Rub all over the feet uh, and of course, my grandfather would say a spoonful of goose grease. I talked about this on the podcast before. But um, yeah, I, I think the Vicks Vapor of all over the feet can basically cure all ills. So basically, if you have the situation where you have a little bit of congestion and maybe you've cut your nose again, Vicks Vapor Rub on the feet and a little bit of dollop of germline on the nose. Everybody knows my love of the toasty, the panini. I've got a new one for you, though, and you have to try this. It might be for British ears only, because I think uh, Americans and anybody else in the world who's listening here may basically throw up into my mouth a little with this one. All right, so butter the bread on the outsides as you always would, and then cheese on the underside. And then you get a can of baked beans, Heinz preferably, and you put a dollop of that on the bread that has the cheese on the bottom and then you add grated cheese on top of the baked beans and then you basically get the other slice of bread and uh cask the i mean again and i talked about this i think on the first edition of the podcast you basically put together the beans in a cheese esophagus and you put the bread now make sure you have the drip tray there because it could be very very cheesy melty and the juice from the baked beans coming out and then you put down the lid, maybe four or five minutes, however you have locked your toast. And you have beautiful melty, 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 baked beans and cheese toasty. Absolutely delicious. So you're probably thinking, Chappie, Chappie's a little bit of an intellectual. Yes, he probably is. And uh, likes to read wonderful things. I'm sure he gets all sort of articles referenced in the New York and London Times and goes to the library and everything else. But these are the sort of articles that I get suggested on the iPhone here. Who's doing who? Love and stuff from Heat Magazine. Kim can't keep it up with Pete in bed. 
after Pete Davidson's ex-girlfriend revealed last week that he once complained they didn't have enough sex, they're told that the current girlfriend, Kim, is struggling to keep up with the toy boy's libido. Pete and Kim are having the time of their lives physically, but as with many of his past conquests, he wants sex non-stop. And there doesn't seem to be nearly as much chemistry outside the bedroom. Kim went into this claiming she was going to keep it very casual, but now she's convinced she's in love uh, when it's probably just lust. You can't blame her. She and Kanye stopped being intimate long before they split. They totally were out of sync for, uh, for about years and she feels starved of affection. Suddenly Pete swoops in and starts giving her more than she can even handle. It's very intoxicating. And a woman is using a hot dog fishing trick is shot by massive catching viral clip. If you're fishing with hot dogs, be careful what you may find. A viral TikTok video has been viewed by over 10.8 million times since it was published in mid-March. It's a good case study of the fishing technique. Well, I used to get a hook through my finger when I used to fish. Um, but this specific 27-second uh, video published by Old Row Outdoors uh, features a woman saying, watch this into the camera prior to slapping the water with a hot dog. The camera quickly goes into slow motion and anxiety builds. Suddenly a massive fish breaks through the surface and not only swallows a hot dog, but also a good chunk of the woman's hand for about 10 seconds before relinquishing it, uh, going on its way and the woman's face is one of shock. Your reactions mostly consist of amazement. It was nice of that fish to release you after you, it caught you. Uh, so you're not going to talk about how you singingly handledly uh, found the Loch Ness Monster. This is why I'm afraid of swimming in lakes and rivers, one responded. The website Eating Wild stated that while going to the grocery store to purchase fish bait may seem unorthodox, hot dogs are actually quite enticing for a certain type of species. Yes, probably a bull shark. The smell appearance and texture is what draw some fish the website says catfish example smell hot dogs due to being covered in sensory organs is that the hot dog or the catfish carp are in the same boat so to speak and the anglers will scent bait for carp with unique flavors such including cheese and garlic to improve their chances of a catch pike on the other hand are scavengers and described as visual predators that will scourge on most any dead carcasses they discover i don't think i want to put my hand in and be bitten by a pike a man named Mike who runs a skilled angler website says some anglers would rather use hot dogs instead of crickets, night crawlers, red worms and even minnows, especially when fishing for catfish. In the middle of the day, or the hottest part of the day, you can take the bobber off. What are we talking about here? Take the bobber off and allow the hot dog to sink to the bottom where you might catch a catfish cruising the bottom for a meal. The bottom rig is ideal if the fish are located in the bottom of the water body. Anglers can remove the bobber. Hello, hello, hello. What's going on here? It's your bobber. Let the hot dog sink to the bottom and leave it there with a tight line to identify if any one nibbles. So I didn't want to ruin the bouffant the other day. It started to rain and I did have no hood. I didn't have the tweed cap. And I thought, well, what, what on earth am I going to do here? I don't want the hair. I mean, it's beautifully coiffured. I don't want the rain to destroy it. So I basically uh, dis disassembled one of the flimsy dog poop bags and put it on my head. It was almost like a regal, uh, regal scarf around my uh, around my head, uh, but it wasn't quite so regal. It was a doggy poop bag. Uh, but you know what? It worked an absolute wonder. I may have had some looks, but you know what? When I got back, the bouffant, the coiffeur, was perfectly intact. I say, trump or trump out. 
Man who wanted to escape family has lived in airport for 14 years. Airports have long been seen as the gateway for escape to get away from the day-to-day life and explore the world beyond. Well, one lad took the term escape a little bit too far after venturing to Beijing Capital International Airport 14 years ago and never returned. Uh, Wei Zhongo, a Chinese man in his 60s, has lived at the airport's Terminal 2 since 2008. Isn't it? That Tom Hanks movie, wasn't it, where he stayed in a terminal for a long, long time here? We've all been there, family bothering you, no end, craving a holiday away for a bit of freedom, but most of us come home eventually. Have a way decided he's never going to be ready for the holiday to end. He told the time to China Daily, I can't go back home because I have no freedom there. My family told me I wanted to stay, I had to quit smoking and drinking. If I couldn't do it, I had to give them all of my monthly government allowance of a thousand yuan. Um, but then, how will I buy my cigarettes and alcohol? He said. Well, Maybe the moving walkway sort of lulled in sleep. I imagine it's almost like a baby rocking it. And footage of left thousands of viewers horrified shows a live crab stuck inside a woman's ear. The video was shared by TikTok and according to the caption, the small crab entered the woman's ear while she was snorkeling in San Juan, Puerto Rico. The video showed the friend's repeated attempts to dislodge the intruder the man was seeing to remove the crab from the woman's ear using a pair of tweezers. I would oil that crab up. I would lube that crab up buy some beautiful virgin olive oil, pour it into the lug hole. After multiple attempts and tries, the crab hopped out, causing the women explained uh, in disgust. I mean, why maybe we pour boiling water in? I'm sure the crab would hop out then. It wouldn't be, wouldn't want to be part of a crab boy, would it? What is that? She yelled as the clip came to an end. Snorkeling Sun one and effing crab, yo. Anyway, according to the Independent, the clip has gone viral. In the comment section, the woman named Daisy revealed the experience did not put her off water sports completely. She went kayaking the next day. She urged her viewers to wear earplugs whilst snorkeling. Well, rather the crab being in the air than somewhere else. And a tattoo artist gets revenge on a sexist client with a hidden tattoo on his arm. Uh, The uh, tattoo artist uh, took to TikTok to share what she does if you say the wrong thing to her whilst in the chair. Taylor's brief twirly video featured a text. I had a sexist client today. He uh, and he said, you tattoo well for a girl. Now she has placed a hidden dick on his arm. The tattoo of it. Of it yeah. It's racked up 22.5 million views. And uh, he put a mini dick on his arm, basically. Uh, best, it's probably bigger than the real thing. An evil fox spirit is on the loose after breaking free from a rock prison. If he believes in Japanese mythology, a Sesho Seki, I would love to say, oh, I'd love to see Hong Kong, I would love some sake, and uh, if you could take away the Sesho Seki, a Sesho Seki, shake and not share Sesho Seki, killing stone was found cracked in half in Nico National Park. Nobody knows what caused the stone to crack, but the cold winter months could have contributed to the cracking said Nick Kapoor, Associate Professor of History at Rutgers. The, uh, the killing stone remained in one piece for nearly 900 years before splitting open earlier in the month. Each winter water could have seeped into the crack, frozen and expanded. However, many look for guidance from the myth. There are multiple versions of the legend. It was believed that Tamano no Mei, a nine-tailed fox spirit, lay trapped in the rock for nearly 900 years. The tales all centre around the retired Emperor Tobo, who reigned in Japan from 1107 to 1123. Nomo Nome was known for her shape-shifting ability, so she transformed herself into a beautiful woman and caught the eye of the Emperor, Kapur said. 
As she grew closer to the emperor, he fell gravely ill. A court astrologer used uh, divination to determine Tonomo's name was the culprit. Once her plan was forged, she fled into the wilderness, changing shapes to try and stay hidden. However, samurai sent after her eventually caught up to the fox spirit, Kapur said. When one of the warriors shot her with an arrow, her physical form was killed, so her spirit transformed into the stone. Smashing having you here on the podcast today. Thank you for joining me for this nonsical-filled injection. We've been injecting absurdity for the entire hour whilst you've been listening to it. But if you like Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese, like and subscribe. You can listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Slacker, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Audible, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, everywhere. Basically, as the stone split and the fox spirit was released, the fox spirit could be heard listening to the remnants of Keep Calm and indeed Cauliflower Cheese. We've had a very indulgent edition of the uh, Butler Emporium Musical Edition podcast where we've had some David Lee Roth, Just a Gigolo, some Def Leppard. We've had some Kirsty McCall, Designer Life, Fresh Prince made an appearance without being slapped, Dignity, Deacon Blue, Whitney Houston, The Flaming Lips, Race for the Prize, Glory of Love, Peter Sedera, some Mariah Carey, some Notorious B.I.G., some Super Furry Animals, some Oasis. We have some Only Fools Fall in Love by the lovely, lovely Diana Ross, some Beatles, we have some Paul McCartney as well on his own, Christopher Cross, lots of yacht rocks sailing away, we have the beautiful earth, wind and fire, the delicious, delightful style council. Don Betjeman is up next. Some of my favourite times has been with Seaside Golf, and this is by John Betjeman. How straight it flew, how long it flew, it clearly a rutty track and soaring disappeared from view beyond the bunker's back a glorious sailing bounding drive that made me glad i was alive and down the fairway far along it glowed a lonely white i played an iron sure and strong and clipped it out of sight in spite of grassy banks between i knew it find a green and so i did it lay content two paces from the pin a steady putt and then it went oh sure oh must surely in the very turf rejoiced to see the quite unprecedented three. Ah, seaweed smells from sandy caves and time and mist and whiffs in coming tide Atlantic waves slapping the sunny cliffs. Lark song and sea sounds in the air and splendor, splendor everywhere. Thank you very much for listening. I'm going to have a very relaxing birthday week here. Yes, when you're the birthday king, you're allowed a week, aren't you? Why not? I don't know any more strawberry margaritas, though, and certainly no soured milk tea is in the order of the day. But have a lovely week. I will see you next time on Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese. But until then, chappy out. Cheerio.